Welcome back to another week of Underdog Sports NFL Podcast. We are your Underdog Sports NFL hosts. I am hashtag Captain Kirk, hashtag Sixburg, your Steelers and Vikings admin. Uh, on my left here is our resident Bills admin. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Josh Wilson. I am hashtag Circle the Wagons. Um, the Bills are about to be... Uh, three games up in the AFC East after Sunday night. Yeah. <laughs> and then to my right here is our other co-host, our very sad boy. He is a Saints and Titans um, admin, and he is also a victim to a loss in fantasy in which he had a 100% chance of winning going into the Monday night game. Go ahead and introduce yourself. I'm Des and I'm depressed. Lattes are king me and three blind refs. All right. And, and our guest. What? Uh, I said, and you got owned. What? I don't know. That was everyone. Got your ass kicked. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there is that. And then our guest this week, by way of post of the week, is Falcons admin on the underdog page. Go ahead and introduce yourself. I'm uh, the other Josh. Rise up, uh, your Falcons admin, uh, representing not only the Falcons, but the Carolinas minus the Panthers. <laughs> Go Cam Newton. Um that's how much I pay attention to the Carolinas. It, uh, it was you're a, Hawk, well, you're, you're a Hawks fan too, instead of a Warriors fan, ain't you? I'm a Hawks fan. I, I like everything Atlanta and so Hawks, Braves. Um, yeah, I do it all. I'm a I'm just a poster child for professional mediocrity. <laughs> <laughs> The, the epitome of always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Exactly. That, there's the summer house is only on sports. The it, problem it really is, does. You guys have is, what, one combined championship in the last 25 plus years? The uh, Braves in 96. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly one in the last 25 years. We've been to like three NFC title games. Uh, the Braves, uh, they, they won the pennant. All those years in a row, couldn't do anything in the playoffs. The Hawks in the Super Bowl. The Hawks have been to the Eastern Conference Finals twice in my lifetime. The Falcons, the Falcons got Tom Brady'd. Um, we got. Now nah, I'd like to say we. Uh, got Matt we got, Ryan. I don't want to say Matt. I, I think Matt Ryan is the most criminally underrated quarterback of all time. He's top ten. He's going to go down almost top five in every statistical category. He just didn't get it done. And sometimes that was because of the defense. Sometimes that was because of the coaching. I mean, when I mean when he first came in, I think the head coach was still Jim Moore Jr. Like, what's that guy Yikes. doing now? <laughs> Yikes. Definitely not coaching. Well, he might be coaching a peewee league somewhere, but not yeah. the Falcons. All right. So – as you all know, who, those of you who are 
um, longtime fans. And by long time, I mean four weeks, three weeks. This is week four now. So um, we start our show by doing primetime pick them. Normally, it's about five minutes before the actual Thursday night game starts because that's when we're recording. And you guys don't get to hear it till Friday. But this week, we're recording on a Tuesday. This show will probably be live Wednesday evenings, Thursday morning, somewhere around there. It'll be before the Thursday night game. So you're going to get to hear all this, these pickums and our thoughts on the week ahead before the week actually starts. So we're going to go ahead and start with um, our guest, Joshua Magny. Thursday night game, who do you have? Rams, Seahawks. Oh, before we start, let's go through our standings real quick. So after last oh. week, we our guest and Josh Wilson both had 3-0 and weeks. So they've both moved up from tied for last to tied for first. I had a two and one week. I'm tied for first at six and three. We're all three, six and three. And then Dez brings up the rear at five and four. He also had a two and one week. So still a very tight race through the first three weeks of the show. All right. Let's go ahead and hear your Thursday night football Rams Seahawks prediction. So I think the Rams are going to have a bounce back game. I just. Stafford played terrible. I think they're going to see some adjustments. That was kind of the first time he kind of saw some adversity. Um, I think they'll bounce back. I think this is time for him and McVay to get in the kitchen and start, you know, cooking some stuff up. So I'm going to go with the Rams. All right. We'll go to Josh Wilson next. Uh, I am also going Rams on this one. Uh, I just think they've got a much better team than the Seahawks. Uh, you know, I mean, they beat the Bucks, so I'm going Rams in a close one. All righty, Des, we'll go to you next. Who do you have, Rams, Seahawks? I'm also going Rams. The Rams are, are too much. They've got too much talent on that roster to lose to Seahawks team that literally only has DK Metcalf and Russell Wilson. I I am speaking from experience when I say this. The Seahawks are an absolutely garbage team. Um, the Vikings beat them 31-17, and it, it wasn't even close after the first half. Like, the Seahawks took a 17-7 lead into the half, and then from there just folded. And so the Rams will win this one handily. I say it's probably a three-score game by that time it's all said and done. Thursday night football will be, will be boring by the end of the first half. Rams in a landslide. All right, we're going to go to Bills Chiefs Sunday night. Josh Wilson, let's start with you. Uh, Bills in a landslide. Um, well, I guess I don't know about a landslide, but the Bills will win in the rematch of the AFC Championship from a year ago. Uh, the Chiefs' defense has gotten worse, and the Bills' defense – looks absolutely lights out on uh, the last three games. We'll forget about the first game against the Steelers. So uh, I'm going to go Bills 21-7. Uh, to 7. All right, Des, we'll go to you next. I'm also going to go with the Bills. They are hands down the season the best team. They look the best in the AFC. Their offense is clicking, their defense is clicking, and the Chiefs, on the other hand, like they were good last week, but they also played the Eagles. I, I don't trust the Chiefs to make it far in the, the season in general. I think Bills went. All righty, I would have to agree with that. 
I'm going to go ahead and say Bills as well. Um, the Chiefs offense looks like the Chiefs offense of old. I mean, we see Patrick Mahomes balling out. We see Tyreek Hill getting his, Travis Kelsey getting his. The run game is questionable at times, but uh, Clyde edwards alaire seems to be getting it when it matters. But that defense is worse than questionable at this point, and that leaves some concerns. The Bills look like a very um complete team albeit against some bottom of the um barrel teams the last few weeks but it the bills have been i mean they've taken those bottom of the barrel teams and blown them out it's not like it was close games like a two touchdown game or less than two touchdown game for the bills like it was for the chiefs against the eagles the bills are handily beating these teams i gotta go bills and we're gonna wrap it up with joshua magny what's your pick for this week uh not just because I want to break up the monotony of us picking the same, but I'm going to go with the Chiefs because I really think Spagnola's coaching for his job. Um, I mean, the defense just has looked awful. I mean, they're averaging more than 30 points a game given up um, on the year. I think he needs he needs a big win. Um, I think he'll have a good game plan. Um, and like I said, I really do think he's coaching for his job. I mean, I don't think they're going to make a move in the midseason, but this is this is definitely a turning point to where his seat's on fire and uh, if it's going to get fixed or not. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Uh, I think their offense is going to score, and then, but I do think he, the defense is going to make some adjustments. I think they got to. One thing I want to add on that, because you brought up the Chiefs' defensive coordinator here, is how weird is it? that he went from four weeks ago, before the season started, he was one of the biggest candidates right beside Eric Bieniemy for a head coaching job when the vacancy started to come up in week 9, 10, 11, and that area team started firing coaches. They were going to be the names that were being thrown around, right? Like the two, it was common knowledge that the two biggest head coaching prospects were both on the Chiefs. And now he's potentially a candidate for having like that being a vacancy for somebody to come up from the college game and fill a coordinator spot in the NFL. I think that's insane. Like how do you go from being one of the highest ranked head coaching prospects to now you may not even have a job come December because NFL GMs know more than media members. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, a little bit. (laughs) most of them do at least well unless you're a vikings fan there's a yeah there's a there's a lot of gms that i would say don't know what they're doing um but in this case i think there's a reason um yeah all righty and we're gonna finish it up with colt ravens uh i'm gonna go ahead and send it over to des to start this one off who do you got des I hate both teams, but I'm a, I gotta go over the Ravens. I think the Colts' defense looks like dog shit, and that's putting it nicely. Carson Wentz is pro- will probably be out by the second half. He, their offensive line has, hasn't looked good all season. I think I think the Ravens go in there and blow them out. I'm gonna have to uh, completely agree with that. The Colts, Carson Wentz was not the answer. <laughs> um, I didn't think you could get much more stagnant on offense than a Phillip Rivers offense, but they have. And once again, it is very clear that the defense was going to have to carry them, and that defense isn't stepping up and doing it. And I think the Ravens come in. Lamar Jackson looks every bit like his MVP self. 
Um, I, I think Ravens win handily. Magni, let's go ahead and head over to you. Who do you got in this game? Yeah, I'm going to stick it with the Ravens. Uh, I'm curious to see another week uh, with Devontae and Le'Veon, how they're going to, you know, they, they're just keeping on uh, getting used to the offense, getting used to the system, playing with Lamar. The only thing that I'm concerned uh, about is I don't know how much this plays into coaches for other teams or players' psyche, but the Ravens going to break the record on that uh, that play. I don't know if teams are going to, as it wasn't then, that they would be pissed off about it like fans of the game. Uh, but I think the Colts defense might be fired up. Uh, but still, I, I just think it's going to be too much for the Ravens uh, because the Colts offense is it, – it, it's just not there. Yeah. All right, Josh Wilson, go ahead and finish us off here. Uh, I'm going Ravens in this one. Uh, I also think that the Ravens are just going to be too much for the Colts. And uh, – I think I've picked against the Ravens a bunch, and they keep proving me wrong. So I'll go with them this time, this week. <laughs> yeah, I, I just – for me, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this, and I'm like, well, every time I pick against the Ravens, they win. Every time I pick the Ravens, they lose. So where do I want to sit here? <laughs> but, yeah, I, I – I think we're all in agreement here. Des, did we go to you? Yep. Yeah, I started it. I think so. Basically, what we just discovered out of this is this time next week, the guest will either have the best record or the worst record, and it'll be because of me. So uh, That is exactly either the best record or you'll be tied with Des. Yep. And uh, as far as the poster looking, it looks like it might be me again next week. So... Yeah, we'll get you'll get to see live what your standings look like. Alrighty, <laughs> let's go ahead and go into our week in review, a segment where we just review the games of the week in the of the past week, focusing oh, on the four our, our four fandom. So just skip it. this week we will go what? Let's just skip this one. This no, week, you're not allowed to skip it, this. and you get to go second. So I don't want to talk about it. You get a moment to stew on what you're gonna have to talk about, but you also get to go early enough that it's just painful for you. We're going to start with Josh Magny talking about Falcons versus Washington. I mean, I, I don't understand. I, 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 I'm a, I'm a big Matt Ryan fan and I think he, he definitely put us in position and defense let him down. Like I, Taylor Heineke, it's a great story and all that, but it, this should not have happened. Um, it really should not have happened. Uh, the Falcons did a great job uh, as far as moving the ball, but they just could not. They could not get that key stop at the end. Um, it, it's very, it's very. I, I couldn't even. It's very Falcon-ish this year, um, and I'm a I'm a big proponent of thinking this is probably Matt Ryan's last season. I think he's going to probably get traded in the off season. Um, I was a proponent Rogers this year. That, the Falcons confirmed. Yeah, I, I was. I was. A, I was a big advocate that they should have drafted uh, Mr. Mac Jones and let them sit behind Matt Ryan for a year and then try to trade Matt Ryan uh, instead of getting you know 
an athletic tight end that doesn't help our offense. That offense was our that wasn't our issue. <laughs> our our defense was our issue, and then on top of that, you didn't even prepare for the future. So it, it was just a terrible, terrible game to watch. It should have been a Falcons victory, um, and it, I I just it, it does not make sense to me. And how we're going to have Arthur Smith as a head coach, who's you know proponent behind that Titans offense with that running game and our starting running back as a wide receiver. Like, I don't, I don't understand what we're doing, how we have gotten <laughs> to this point, but here we are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Falcons organization in general, is just in a state of dysfunction. It's not even funny. I mean, I never saw the bears line up Devin Hester running back and that's exactly what we're doing. It just, I do not understand it. Like I, uh, right. it's it's almost as if Matt Nagy put Cordero Patterson at running back for I think it was like three plays last year in the Vikings game, and the Falcons organization was like, "That's our running back. That's who we want." Yeah. As a Tennessee fan, I'm enjoying the hell out of this. Like Cordero well, he Patterson. Did, he did have a huge fantasy week. I don't know how. He did. But he had a huge week in fantasy. We had three touchdowns. That's yeah, it. and they like. They were receptions. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like he's a receiver. <laughs> and we're lining him up at running maybe, back. Like, maybe it's just an attempt to get more wide receivers on the field at the same time. Because, like, I mean, it's not going to have Julio anymore. That's true. This, this isn't a, this isn't like a, he, I guess they're not even using him like you would have used Percy Harvin. Like, I could understand if we were sending him in motion and doing jet sweeps and wildcat stuff and things like that. Like, because he is a Percy Harvin type, but we're not doing that. And taking him away from, like, the bubble screens and the the dig routes, like, like he, like we're, we just thought, hey, he's our biggest, you know, game breaker. So let's line him up and put him in a box. That makes no sense. He scored his touchdown catching the ball. Like, it, it just... I don't understand the offense. I don't understand the the rationale behind it, but it is what it is. It's just, it's also highly funny to me that you just said three names in that segment that hurt me as Viking, as a Vikings fan, Cordero Patterson, Percy Harvin, and Devin Hester. (laughs) All three just pain me as a Vikings fan. Yeah. And then it doesn't help that our offensive line, which was terrible last year. And we get rid of our all pro center to the 49ers. Like, good call, guys. That's just <laughs> that's just top-notch GM stuff. Uh, well, you had a rough week, but we're going to go to a guy that had an even more, or an even rougher week. He was 0-3 in the professional realm this week between the Saints, the Titans, and his fantasy football team. So let's go ahead and talk about that. I mean, two of those losses came by ten freaking kickers. <laughs> But, uh, and one of the both of them were games that you had a very high percentage chance of winning going into the final were. minutes. All three of them were. I should have went three zero this weekend. But I, we can start. I'll start with the Titans. So I watched them over the Saints. They were both on the same time. The Titans should have won that game. We were. We had, we had twenty one points in the first quarter. If we would have like if our offensive line would have had for what. Anyway, um, no, we, our offensive line, had, we had three straight trips to the red zone to start off the game, and on all three drives, the offensive line said, all right, it's third down, 
Jets, you, can, you guys can come in and get a sack. And set us up for field goals. So instead of being 21 nothing going into the second quarter, it was 9 nothing. And uh, like from there, then on out, our offense started to sputter. Our defense looked like just awful. Worse than I've ever seen it. Just letting a rookie have a field day back in the secondary. It was it was rough. If, if there's one thing I learned this week, that is that the Titans do not know how to defend an even semi-mobile quarterback. <sighs> it was rough. I, I wanted to drink, but I refrained. And the Saints, I, I, there's nothing to talk about. They're, I'm not expecting much of them. I expect them to beat the Giants, but I'm expecting another L this week and probably the next following week. I, but but it does should, seem that the games that you should win, you win, or you should win, you lose, and the games you should lose, you win. So yeah, that's. Well, I don't even know. I think we're playing Washington this week, and I'm I've got their defense on my fantasy, and I'm still starting their fantasy because as well. I feel like Jameis Winston is going to have a Jameis Winston type game, and throw three interceptions and cost the Saints another game. All right, let's, I'm going to, we're going to go from, we went from bad to worse, and now we're just going to bad again. Um, the the Steelers-Packers game was just painful. Um, I had no expectations for that game, like at all, no expectation whatsoever um, of us winning. It, it, and they still managed to break my heart. Um, our defense looked awful, even with TJ back in the lineup. I'm not sure he was 100% for that game, but it was back in Wisconsin. He was in Lambeau for the first time since he played with the Badgers. I think to him it was more of a, I have to play in this game. What? So Wisconsin doesn't play in Lambeau. He played in Lambeau twice in his Badgers career. I didn't know that. Yep. Once against Notre Dame and another time against Michigan, maybe. Um. So it, it was, he was back home. He was playing in Lambeau. I feel like it was kind of a, I've got to play in this game. Like it's a requirement for me to play in this game and not a, I'm healthy and I'm able to go this week. It was more of a, I feel obligated to go. Um, the Steelers bounce back this week. I have a feeling. Um, I think we can potentially beat um, a team in the Broncos who, as Josh found week one, if you try to out-defense the Steelers, you're not going to win. If you try to out-offense the Steelers, you're going to win. The Broncos are going to have to out-defense us. Our off- Their offense is basically as dismal as ours is right now if Teddy Two Gloves is, in fact, down. Um, the Broncos are beatable, but we'll talk about that later. Let's go to the Vikings-Browns. Um, I had, again, no expectations, and somehow they still... They still were below my expectations for their performance. Um, Kirk Cousins, I will talk about in my overreactions for the week, but he looked like prime Kirk Cousins again. Um, he he looked a lot less like John Elway and a whole lot more like uh, David Carr, I guess. I don't know who the best comparison for him right now is, but it, it was not... Yeah, it was not the same as we had seen. All right, let's go ahead and talk Bills Texans. Speaking of David Carr. Uh, 
Bills are firing on all cylinders. Uh, it's finally the game I wanted to see. The defense was just lights out. The offense was unstoppable. Josh Allen threw an interception on the first play of the game, but it was pouring rain. And after that play, he was like, all right, let's go do this. And they beat the snot out of the Texans. Uh, I was half joking last week on the show when I said Bills by 50 and ended up being pretty close. Uh, Mitch Trubisky hit a rushing touchdown for the Bills. I mean, it just was lights out from every facet of the game. And I don't expect them to let up against the Chiefs. Uh, it, It was, I mean, shocking when they put up that many points. But then again, it was also the Texans. So if you were actually genuinely surprised they put up that many points, you haven't been watching Texans football this year. <laughs> All right, Josh, now that we've done our week in review, why don't we go into your discussion topic this week? Why don't you tell us what it is and give us or have your discussion? Okay, so I decided to switch it up from my uh, game of the week that I've been doing. I decided that we really, we break down enough games on this show. Uh, So I'm going to start uh, picking one topic, um, I guess a hot topic from around the league uh, to discuss every week. This week I'm going with the last remaining undefeated team in the league, the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, And whether or not they're really the best team remaining Um, I mean, obviously they are record wise. Uh, I don't think they've truly been tested thus far because they beat the Titans who I expected would be better, but they just lost to the Jets. (laughs) Ouch. They, uh, beat the Vikings who don't look that hot. They beat the Jaguars, who are horrible. (laughs) Yeah. So, really, their only quality win thus far is against the Rams. So, I do think that they've got a great team. Uh, That offense with Kyler Murray is phenomenal. And then the defense is playing lights out. But I'm looking forward to uh, future games of theirs. They've got the Browns coming up in two weeks, the Packers two weeks after that, the Panthers. So I'm looking forward to these to uh, seeing the Cardinals coming up in the future. I do think they'll go far and at least make it a race in the NFC West uh, between them and the Rams. All right, we'll just go around the horn here then. Joshua Magny, what are your thoughts on the Cardinals? I mean, the the Cardinals are a good roster, top to bottom. Um, you know, you could talk about, you know, there's no superstars on their, you know, line on offense. Um, you know, J.J. Watson, older guy. But, I mean, if you, if you go and look at it, I mean, they, they have – 
I mean, on offense, I mean, we, we know the weapons that are there and what they're completely capable of. Max Williams has really stepped up into his role this year. I didn't expect that, but it just, you know, goes to show you what, you know, pass catchers can do when they leave the Ravens offense. Um, but, like, I just, you know, I, I, they're in a tough division. And they're in a division with proven commodity coaches. And so I really do think it's going to come to Kingsbury. I mean, all three of the coaches in the NFC West, except for him, have coached in a Super Bowl. Pete Carroll, be, you know, he's been he's won it. Um, so it's it's really going to come down to coaching through them. They're in the toughest division. I mean, people sleep on the 49ers. I mean, you just mentioned it's coming down between them and the Rams, but the 49ers are still there. I mean, I, I think they can still, you know, they can still do some stuff. They can still make some noise. I think the Seahawks, you know, as bad as their defense is, I mean, Russ is still a, a proven commodity in the league. Um, but they they had the firepower. I think the only thing, the only question mark, and it's going to remain with them until something happens, but can Cliff do something with expectations? And can he do something in the crunch times? And you got to think, too, like, you know, Stafford had a piss poor game. Like that was a a really bad game on his end. Um, is he going to do that again the next time they play him? Are they going to be able to keep the best defensive player in football in check like they did last time? Like I know Kyle is quick on his feet, but you know if Aaron Donald collapsed the pocket in the middle, you know you know. So I mean, I, I do think they're really good. I I do think I mean they're you know we, I like Isaiah Simmons. You know, obviously being being a Clemson guy. Um, Robert Alford was a he was a nickel corner for the Falcons defense and look how atrocious that thing was. Um, I like Buda Baker as a safety. Uh, you know Chandler Jones. You know look what he did that week one performance. You know and he he's a sack machine. So I think they definitely have the pieces um, and they have to make noise like they said. But again, this is all coming down on Cliff. What is he going to do now that he's starting to get expectations? People are you know, talking about them, you know, what are they going to look like in the playoffs and stuff like that. Is he going to be able to continue to keep this? Is Kyler going to be able to continue to keep it? Sometimes Kyler will throw for 500 yards with four picks. So, I mean, you got to, you know, is he going to be able to stay consistent throughout all this? Um, But they're a great team. They're looking good. I'm just, I have more faith in Kyler than I do in Cliff. But like I said, we'll just see what happens with him. Uh, I'm going to go next here just because I've got a couple points to piggyback off of you with. Um, I, I just, I'm going to first touch on your Aaron Donald point you made. It, it felt like he didn't have an impact whatsoever on that game. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it just, they, like you said, they held him in check and that doesn't happen twice. Like teams don't do that twice. No. The Seahawks back in 2019 did that game one and game two, he came out and tore them apart, like torched their offensive line. The um, Seahawks did that again last year. And then during their late season put playoff push, um, he came out and he torched the Seahawks in the second game. I mean, it, it's just a matter of what are they going to see the second time? What different packages, blitz packages are they going to see? What different um, lineups, like who's going to be different in the lineups? The trade deadline still hasn't passed. And granted, the NFL trade deadline isn't as as active as, say, the um, 
NBA or MLB trade deadlines are, or even NHL trade deadline. But there are still some like key teams who were looking, expected to make a Super Bowl run. They will pick up key pieces down the stretch. And so, are those rosters going to look different the next time they meet? It's just things you got to look at. Um, another thing I uh, that I'm curious about is. I've said this since the very beginning, and you said something about Cliff Cliff Kingsbury with expectations. Cliff Kingsbury had Patrick Mahomes on his offense at Texas A&M, or Texas Tech. And Cliff Kingsbury never turned in more than a nine-win season, did he? I don't even think he had that. Ten and four, I think, was his best record. And that was by a fluke getting into the Big Ten title game, losing it, and losing or winning in a bowl game to get to 10 wins. I'm pretty certain. Um, but he, he was never super productive at the college level, even with big name athletes like Texas A&M. It's not like they weren't, they haven't produced some high quality NFL talent over the last decade. He just, he kind of flew under the radar, which is why I was, he was a huge surprise for me when he got that spot, that head coaching spot. Um, so, just again to piggyback on what you said, proving himself to under expectations, um, and then another thing, the third thing I want to touch on, the final thing I want to touch on is that Cardinals defense is less than um, consistent. They week one they shut down Derrick Henry and the Titans, and week two they let Dalvin Cook run all over them, um, at least in the first half. In the second half, they kind of started to slow him down and Kirk Cousins had to ball out a little bit to keep us in that game. And they only ended up beating us because of our kicker sucks. Um, but it, it just, and our coach made a terrible decision. Um, but that defense allowed like 500 and some total yards of offense to the Vikings who no team has done that all season long. And so, they they look really good one week and then they look really terrible the next week and so it's just which Cardinals are you gonna get? Just to uh, fact check you real quick, um, Cliff Kingsbury never had a ten win season or even a nine win season. His first year was eight and five, then four and eight, seven and six, five and seven, six and seven, five and seven, which is why it was such a shock. That why is he an NFL coach? Jeez. I mean, because what they realized, I mean, he was putting up, you know. 35, 40 points a game while he was there. And they knew they knew they were going to go with Kyler. They knew that they were going to pick him after the whole uh, Josh Rosen experiment failed miserably, um, which that's another God sad story for that guy. Um, but they, they knew they wanted to bring in the, the NFL is very trendy. And the trend was pick an offensive genius or an offensive guy with your young quarterback and then get him a good defensive coaching staff and try to win quickly with a quarterback on a rookie contract. That's the trend in the NFL right now. And they thought that Cliff Kingsbury being the offensive guy, he was packaging him with Kyler Murray would be the best way to make it something quick. And they're coming up close on that because Kyler Murray has due for his extension at the end of the year. And so this is this is the year. I mean, this this is the year that they got to make noise before they have to start paying him, and that's going to trickle down. We talked about they got some dudes on defense, but I mean, how long are they going to be able to afford all of it? Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it's uh, I, I, but like you said, I love the pieces. I mean, I thought Rondell Moore 
was a great – I mean, he's one of the top guys that I thought coming out, I thought he was going to be fantastic. And it's just, you know, it's similar to the Chiefs where they just got weapons. Like whenever they picked up Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, they're like, the offense just got richer. And I thought the same thing with Rondell Moore. You know, him, Kurt, A.J. Green, and obviously Nuke. Um, but, yeah, Cliff Kingsbury's never been a proven coach ever. And yeah. that's why I'm, that's why I'm big on it's going to come down to him in the playoffs. Um, and we'll see what happens because he's going against three coaches who have coached in Super Bowl and recently. So that's why, again, I, I'm putting everything not so much on Kyler, but I'm putting the pressure on Cliff. All right. Des, do you have any thoughts on this before we go to our ad break? I, I do, but I'm going to reserve them. Um, for my for my segment, I mean the Cardinals look as legit as they have since shit they made that Super Bowl run. So I, I'm I'm gonna dive into them a little bit more when it comes to uh, my I'm segment. I'm excited about that uh, Kurt Warner movie they're making. That's gonna be a good one. Yeah, getting Shazam to play him was a perfect pick. All righty, Josh, I, yeah, gotta uh, go ahead. Oh, you got. I wrote a. Uh, paper my freshman year in college the year the cards played the Steelers in the Super Bowl I wrote a paper on why Kurt Warner is was a better quarterback than Ben Roethlisberger Got an he, a on was, that. he was and I will give you that but the Steelers defense won that Super Bowl the Steelers defense at Heinz Ward making possibly the best catch in Super Bowl history but Hans Ward's one of the most slept on receivers of all time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he's a wide receivers coach right now at FAU, at Florida Atlantic. And I guarantee you within the next three years, he has a head coaching job somewhere. Just because the wide receivers went from the worst in their conference at FAU to the best in their conference overnight as soon as he stepped into that building. I mean, it was just an insane turnaround. All right. We're going to go to our ad break real quick. We'll be right back after this short message. Are you an NFL fan who loves trash-talking your opponents? Are you over 18? Do you know how to make memes? Do you want to join an ever-growing family of passionate NFL fans who trash-talk each other and rep their teams through memes? Find us on Facebook at Underdog Sports NFL Edition and shoot us a message. We'd love to have you join the family. All right. So during the break, Josh Magny brought up a uh, good point. I mistakenly claimed <laughs> that... Um, that uh, the Steelers, uh, what's his name now? I'm completely blanking on it. Heinz Ward had the greatest catch in Super Bowl history. I would be incorrect. I don't. We we've come to the agreement that it might be top three, but it's definitely not not number one or number two. Go ahead and tell us who's number one, Josh. Uh, Tyree by far. I mean, yeah. you catch the ball on your head with an all pro safety draped all over you. Um, yeah. That's that's definitely the one. And then he and brought he, up a good he brought up a good point that it probably wasn't even the best Steelers Super Bowl catch of all time. And you can also go ahead and tell them who that one is. Uh, definitely Santonio Holmes stretching out on the side of the end zone, getting both feet down, full extension, two defenders right into grip. Um, you know, I, I, I feel bad, you know, calling out Steelers fans and all, but that's just you know. It is what it is. Know your history, you know. <laughs> and and my defense, I've been a Steelers fan since 2018 when I met my fiance. So yeah, I'm not well, as staunch as I should be. But that's uh, all after this conversation, she might reconsider. So 
She doesn't listen to our podcast. It's okay. Yeah, she um, does. She gives you shit all the time during your podcast. Next thing you're going to tell me, Fast Willie Parker didn't do anything in the Super Bowl. <laughs> all right. Now that we've corrected my sins, let's go ahead and talk about my weekly overreactions. As you all know, this is a segment each week where I overreact to the things going on around the league. Um, this first one is... It's the least of my overreactions. It's the least overreaction of my overreactions. Ben, Big Ben is by far the worst quarterback in the league at this moment. Um, and, and let me preface that by saying worst starting quarterback in the league because Sean Mannion is still on an NFL roster, and he's not even serviceable as a backup, let alone a starter. So um, Big it Ben is anybody. just... Hey, Nick Foles has a Super Bowl ring, okay? <laughs> he's um, also third on the depth chart on the Chicago Bears. <laughs> that's fair. He's behind a terrible Justin Fields and an even worse Andy Dalton. So, well, um, I mean, and then I, mean, at, I hate to say it because he's a starter now, but Davis Mills is not good. That's also fair. Yeah, there, there's definitely people out there that are worse than Big Ben, but – the worst starting quarterback in the league right now is Big Ben. Um, his accuracy, garbage. His pocket presence, terrible. His mobility, he tripped over a ghost last week against the Bengals. Um, and he, his arm strength is there, but he can't place it where he needs to. And, like, it's almost embarrassing watching it. Like, he missed Juju not once, not twice, not three times, but four times on 15 yards or deeper routes. I mean, if you were a Juju fantasy owner this last week, I'm sorry. On behalf of Big Ben, I am sorry. Um, my second overreaction for the, of the week. South Park dude, where he's like in front of the fireplace, he goes, "I'm sorry." If we can get you laying down, that'd be nice in front of a fire. Um, uh, <laughs> and serious though, would you rather a Steelers fan have Big Ben or Daniel Jones right now? This is close. You talk about people um, tripping over ghosts. Well, when Daniel Jones tri- trips over ghosts, it's 86 yards past the line of scrimmage. When Big Ben trips over ghosts, it's five yards behind the line of scrimmage. So, like, I don't know. I still think I might take Daniel Jones. Um, now, my second overreaction of the week is for personal reasons. Um, every time I talk good about Kirk Cousins, he ends up coming out and playing like trash. So I am doing nothing but shit talking Kirk Cousins for the rest of the time he's a Viking. Kirk Cousins is garbage. Um, and that's all I'm saying about that. And then my overreaction number three, the Packers are not going to lose another game all season. Um, the Packers lost 38 to three to start the season and have since looked like contenders, I guess. Um, they just sort of don't want to lose anymore. And I'm not okay with that. Like they beat a very solid 49ers team last week. They have kicked the snot out of the lions and Steelers since losing week one. Um, I'm kind of scared of them as a Vikings fan, not going to lie. I was really looking forward to a uh, fun season where six wins wins our division, and now it looks like it's going to be 12, 13, 14 wins to win our division, and the Vikings have one through four weeks. So not looking great for us. I um, mean, the, that's my. They, they, st- they still have the NFC West, so they still got to play the Cardinals. They still got to play the Seahawks. They still got to play the Rams. Um, they still got to play the Ravens. Um, and obviously, you know, motors with Dan Campbell. Uh, in Detroit, last game of the year. 
they'll probably be resting everyone and, and Motor City's going to be playing everybody full on. Uh, um, but no, I, I, I think <laughs> I, I, hey, he's going to you're going to knock him down. He's going to bite your knees. If, if he doesn't make you want to run through a brick wall after listening to him, you have no joy in your life because yeah. that man could get that man could get a tortoise to run 100 miles an hour. Like, damn. Yeah, I mean, he needs to come to the Southern Baptist Convention and preach revival. I think he would, uh, he'd, he'd get it going. Um, but uh, no, I mean, like, I, they're they're good. I think everyone everyone had them as one of the top three teams of the NFC, um, and yeah back-to-back NFC championship games. So, uh, yeah, they're going to, they're going to be, they're going uh, to be good, but I, I don't see them lose. I don't see them going undefeated the rest of the year. All right. Anybody else have any takes on my weekly overreactions? Yeah, I'm agreeing with uh, Josh. He, the, the Packers aren't going undefeated the rest of the season. It's nobody's going to go 16 and one. Just first off, and then secondly, like it's not like the Packers have an easy schedule. Like they they do, they do have the NFC West, and there's no denying that they're with the NFC West is hands down the best division of football. And I still think that Green Bay is gonna lose a game that they shouldn't somewhere along the way because that's what Green Bay does. And I guarantee you, it'll be just a team like Detroit. Because for well, whatever reason, over the last what, what three or four years, they've lost. They're they're five hundred or they're five hundred against Detroit. Uh, I think it's been like almost a decade since they've swept Detroit. Yeah, either it's not like they're re- Detroit seems to be their kryptonite at least once a year. Yeah, so it's almost embarrassing for them. And I will and say, then, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say, and then you know, Aaron Rodgers' ex girlfriend Olivia Munn being pregnant. And then the baby's going to come out looking like him instead of a John Mulaney. And that's going to be causing some tension in the media. <laughs> well, and I was going to say, I think it's fitting that this is in a segment about overreactions because, I mean, to say that the Packers aren't going to lose another game after they beat the Steelers, who it looked like they forgot they were playing football midway through the first quarter is definitely a way overreaction. Uh, And on your second point about Kirk Cousins, I mean, he looked decent at times in the game this weekend. Uh, He hit a deep pass. I forget who it was, but he hit a deep pass towards the end of that game that was then wiped out by a holding penalty. And then I think that uh, Mike Zimmer made one of the worst play calls that I've ever seen in my life on third and 22 to run the ball right after Kirk Cousins hit a deep pass. Uh, Unloaded, unloaded his cannon for a freaking bomb. And then Zimmer was like, all right, I'm going to hand it off to not even Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison. Like, I I love Alexander Madison. I appreciate what he did against the Seahawks last week, but he's not Dalvin Cook. If you're going to run on third and 22, your best option is the number three running back in the league. Like, he's number four. 
he's number three. Joe Mixon yeah, he's is number four three. because Der- yeah, well, I mean, Derrick Henry after contact is number two. <laughs> Derrick Henry just lost to the Jets, so he can take. Derrick a seat. Henry did all he damn good. That, that's true. That was on, that was not on Derrick Henry. That was on the Titans defense and the Titans O line. You're uh, right. I just like rubbing it in. I feel either bad. way. The, the, South, the, the, the Vikings had 65 yards rushing. You expect that from the Atlanta Falcons, who are starting a receiver at running back, but not not the Vikings. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fully aware that we sucked this week. <laughs> Yeah, it was um, – but I would like to point out the fact that we put up more yards rushing than the Bears put up total yards of offense against this same Browns team. So, like, who's the real winner here? <laughs> Definitely not the NFC North. <laughs> Perspective. All right, we're going to go to Dez's weekly segment. Dez, go ahead and introduce your weekly segment as you have changed it this week. Yeah, I decided that history is boring and – Honestly, it's more of a pain in my ass to try to find something interesting for it. So we're going to do weekly winners and losers. So this week I've got one and a half winners and two and a half losers. We'll go ahead and start with the losers because we've discussed them and it brings me enough pain as it is. The Saints and the Titans. If you lose to a New York team that's not Buffalo, you're not going to be a winner by any means in my book. Both of them blew leads. Both of them lost in overtime. In games that they should have ran away with. Like, I don't care about injuries because it's still the Giants and the freaking Jets. There, there's no excuse for either team to have lost those games. But I, I said I'd bring them back earlier. One of my winners this week is going to be the Cardinals. They looked great against a really good Rams team. They made Matthew Stafford look questionable at best. and the main look like he was playing in Detroit again their defense just it continues to improve I really think that uh, JJ Watt and ah, fuck, Chandler I, Jones I can't think there we go thank you Chandler Jones are going to tear up the league as long as they still as long as they stay healthy but uh, Cardinals are I think they're going to win their division by at least two or three games a season as long as they don't choke. But I, I, I think the Cardinals are the clear-cut favorites for the NFC West. And then I, I think this this next one should be a good segue. I, I, this is both a winner and a loser, and that goes out to my boy Urban Meyer, who had that nice hot piece of ass. <laughs> but also put his career even more in jeopardy. <laughs> his career and his marriage. I mean, come on, dude. I mean, who cares about a marriage? He, what, he stood for uh, Ryan Day, who beat the shit out of his wife. That's true. So I mean, it's not like it, he also hired Greg Schiano. Um, exactly. So we know his morals aren't all there. But hey, he, we but, know he can fake a heart attack and get out of this situation too. He's he's bringing back the shocker. So that's probably the big thing uh, that we can talk about in pop culture. <laughs> Is uh, but he's doing the reverse shocker with two in the butt. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that man yeah, was, uh, was almost elbows deep in that woman. It was kind of terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't and, know and, if it's fake I mean, or not. Go ahead. I, I I get it too. I mean, it makes sense. Like, hey, you you had you had that house in the area. You know, you didn't fly back with the team. You just lost. 
and you know, all your team is probably, you know, hopefully studying film and reviewing what happened and you're getting hammered and yeah, it's just a nice terrible, 20 year old on you. Terrible look. Um, <laughs> I, I, I saw a picture. Absolutely. I don't know if it, if it was real or not, but it was like a picture of the chick with a selfie of, uh, with her and Irvin Meyer and said, I don't know who this guy is, but he keeps hitting on me. And uh, part of me hopes that's real. Cause I, I think it's funny as fuck as it is. Because then he will have taken multiple L's in the same way. Oh, yeah, no, no. He, he looks like a, a straight-up pedophile. Yeah, there's multiple right, camera angles for all this. It's bad. Right, I mean, right now, he just looks like a rich old guy. Yeah. And he is. That's exactly what he is. He's a rich old white guy who was in Florida. That's what they do. Yeah. Except he wasn't as, on a boat. As somebody who lives in Florida and does HVAC for rich old white guys, I can confirm that that is exactly what they do. <laughs> all right is that your winners and losers yeah yeah that's gonna be all for this week yeah i'll have some more next week hopefully all right we're gonna wrap up this week with our week three preview well no not week three it is week, week five for you silly goose five shit i'm wrong too it's week five <laughs> wow i haven't changed that on the show notes in weeks um <laughs> we're gonna look ahead at week five we have Josh Magny starting us off with Falcons Jets. Give us your preview and your predictions. Man, the Falcons should beat the Jets. Let's just the Titans. Let's just put it out there: the Falcons should beat the Jets. Um, I think while the Falcons defense is not good at all. Um, I think you can rely on possibly getting pressure because the Jets do have a bad offensive line. Zach Wilson is currently leading the league in interceptions. So I do think that can breathe some life into the Falcons. Um, and I do think it's going to come down to Zach Wilson turning the ball over. This is, you know, he's young. He's, he's trying to make plays. He doesn't have a lot of help. I think that's what it's kind of going to boil down to. Um, I do think it's going to be a shootout, though. Um, because, you know, the Falcons' defense are paper thin. So I'm going to go with uh, 35-28 Falcons. One touchdown game, close one. I like that. All right, let's go to Josh Wilson, Bills Chiefs. All right, so I kind of already previewed this one in our uh, primetime pick em. But I'm gonna, I'm taking the Bills here. Uh, the Chiefs' defense is not the same as what it was. The Bills are firing on all cylinders. That defense is just lights out. Uh, I mean, I know it was the Texans that we played last week, but Houston only had eight or nine yards of offense in the first half. And the offense is starting to fire on all cylinders. I mean, starting to has been for a couple weeks, but that just, I don't see how the Bills could lose this game. Um, so I'm taking the Bills uh, at least 21 to 7. Whoa. <laughs> all right. That's, that's a bold one. I appreciate the boldness there. You're, you're betting seven. the Chiefs only score 21 points? Oh, the Chiefs only score seven. 
That's bold. Ooh. That's bold. I like it, but it's bold. Against that Bills defense? I mean, the same Bills defense that a dismal Steelers offense put up 23. Right, the yeah. first week. That's fair. I mean, the I last, guess we'll see. The last still. three weeks, they've given up 21 points. But still, even Pat, like Patrick Mahomes put up, what, I, I can't remember the, the score of the Super Bowl, but he put up well over seven points against that uh, Buccaneers defense. Nine. He put up nine. And none was of them were touchdowns. Like, I thought it was like 17. No, it was nine, and none of them were touchdowns. It should have um, been more. It, it so, I mean, there there is potential for it to happen. I could see it happening. Um, it should be fun. should be an interesting The Chiefs one. had four turnovers against the Chargers and still put up 24. I, I if, don't think. <laughs> if, Josh, if Josh is right and the, the Chiefs score seven or less points going into next – or in – the Sunday night football game, I will do whatever challenge Dez and Josh pick for me in next Oh, week. dude. Damn it. Now I'm hoping. Ooh, okay. I, I am that right. confident. I'm hoping the Bills steps up. I, I'm that confident that the Chiefs score more than seven points. All right, Dez, let's go ahead and talk Titans versus Jags. I, I think it should be a bounce back week for the Titans. Derrick Henry always goes off against the Jags. I fully expect him to rush for 200 yards. I'm gonna be 100% honest with you. Like, he could, he he always he owns the Jags. You might as well put his name on the lease. It's it's his team, and we should have Julio and AJ Brown back. As long as the offensive line to like wakes up an hour and a half before the game, we should be all right. I don't trust Trevor Lawrence to do shit. But uh, so I thought this. No, actually, I didn't. I I knew the game was gonna be close this week against the Jets. I called it last week. But I think this week it's going to be Titans in a blowout fashion. I mean, we did this, we did similar when we got beat by the Cardinals embarrassingly. We went into Seattle and beat them in overtime after pulling off a pretty solid comeback. I think the Titans are going to give Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence their fifth consecutive L and push the Jags to 20 straight losses. All righty. All right. I, I would like to see the Jags reach 20 straight losses. Um, I know Buccaneers fans would, too, because they're, they're dangerously close to breaking the Bucks record. Yeah, they are. And it's uh, it's going well. Um, all right, I'm going to preview Vikings-Lions first, and then I'll follow that up with Steelers-Broncos. Vikings-Lions should be a good bounce-back week. Um, it's the Lions. It's the Dan Campbell-Lions, but it's still the Lions. Um, they... Uh, the closest they've been to winning was week one against the 49ers and a game in which Brandon Ayuk was just not utilized as a wide receiver. Um, so clearly the, there was something wrong with the game planning there for the 49ers and they've looked awful since. Um, and it even took a fourth quarter comeback for them to even get close in that game. So Vikings should win this one handily. I'm saying Vikings by 17 and then Steelers Broncos, Steelers by three? I don't even know if I'm confident in that. I think it's a three-point game either way, but I'm not confident the Steelers win this. I don't know if the Steelers can out-defense the Broncos. I know they can out-offense the Broncos um, because the Broncos are down to a man who has a 67 overall rating on Madden 22, I believe. His rating keeps dropping every year. Like He is terrible. and He was a 67 overall or 69 overall last year nice. and was a starter on the Broncos. I mean, 
it, Drew Locke is garbage, and so the Steelers should have a heyday with that offensive line and that in him as a quarterback. Um, but I just don't know what our offense is going to do this week. If we get a bounce back win versus the Broncos, give us a little bit of confidence. The Steelers could take the next step forward with the offense, but I just I would like to see something from them this week. I'm going Steelers by three. All righty. Do we have any more thoughts on the week ahead? Yes. Um, no. Uh, I think you, you know, the Steelers are minus one right now. So, I mean, that just shows you how little Vegas thinks of the Steelers despite Drew Locke starting. Well, that's because it's, Ben Roethlisberger is still starting. Correct. Until Dwayne Haskins is starting, we will continue to be minus one. And then when Dwayne Haskins is starting, we'll be minus one, but there's a chance we'll win it, you know? You'll be um, minus 0.5, I think. Uh, 0.75. Let's, we'll, we'll give him a quarter of a point there. Um, all right. So if that's all we've got for this week, we're going to go ahead and wrap. I was, uh, I am Captain Kirk and Sixburg, your Vikings and Steelers admin. I am joined by my two co-hosts, Josh Wilson and Des Davidson. Where can they find you both? Uh, I <laughs> I am hashtag circle the wagons on our NFL page, hashtag the true north on our NBA page, and hashtag Cohen somewhere and hashtag Vlad the Impaler on our MLB page. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right, Des, where can they find you? Everywhere. Um. Uh, hashtag Mookie of the Year on the MLB page. Go Dodgers. This will be the card. Nothing um, but Nets on the NBA page. I know I sound like a bandwagoner. I swear to God, I'm not. Um, yes. I, I'm not. I've been a, I'm a Nets fan since they moved to New Jersey or uh, to Brooklyn. Shit. Um, and then three binder refs and King me on NFL. Very picker on NCAA, and occasionally I'll post on NHL as my pick is bigger. All right. I'm uh, Captain Kirk and Sixburg. You forgot to NFL. say goodbye to our guest. I'm not done yet. Just relax. Okay, sound like you were signing off. Uh, I am AD Blocker on NBA. I am hashtag fly the W on MLB and hashtag... It'll be Frost Advisory at some point. I've just got to sit down and get that changed. Um, but right now it is hashtag just goat things repping the North Carolina Tar Heels basketball team, their baseball team, and <laughs> occasionally their football team. Oh, my dad was a North Carolina Tar Heels fan way before I was born. So he was the bandwagoner because he probably liked them because of Jordan. But that is what it is. Um, and then our guest this week was again our resident Falcons admin Josh Magny. Where can they find you? Uh, NFL page hashtag rides up NBA page hashtag human highlight meme NCAA page Clemson hashtag all in. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Um, uh, I think hopefully I'll get to do this next week. See if my posts keep taking off. And uh, as always, I want to just uh, thank Coke Zero for this. They're not a sponsor. I'm just a fan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and if you would like to hearing from him, as with all of our guests, 
and you want to hear from him more on this podcast, go ahead and like the underdog family of pages and give him some love on NFL under hashtag rise up. Go ahead and like his posts, react with his posts, engage in his posts, and he will join us as a guest again. Um, that is he's working on that Viagra sponsor. What? I know he's working on the Viagra sponsorship. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's, come on now, man. <laughs> All right. We thank you guys for joining us. We look forward to uh, talking with you again next week. Have a great week. And as always, go ahead and like our pages. Adios.